Yo, 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 your brain on God, 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 God. God. Hey, listen, guys, it's episode six of your brain on God, 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 God. We're doing it too much. It's your brain on God, 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 God. Anyway, today's episode is incredible. We are talking about being, proceeding, doing. Isn't that right, Daryl? That's right, Aaron. We're talking about how who you are comes from the inside, not just on the things that you do on the outside. So really mm-hmm. understanding your values, understanding what you care about, and allowing God to shape the inside of you, which will change the external, which will change everything outside. Be an inside-out person. It's going to be amazing. That's right, Aaron. And watch out for those double agents. Those double agents. Oh, what are we talking about? You're going to find out in just a few seconds. Boom, biggie, bap. Boom boop, boom biggie bop, boom boop. Hey, boom biggie bop, boom boop. Boom biggie bop, boom boom. Welcome to biggie bop, boom boom. Bop bop boom biggie bop, boom boom. Brain of God, book it bop, boom boom. Boom boom dig a boo up bop, boom boom. Welcome to brain on God, yeah. Welcome to brain on God, yeah. Welcome to um brain God, yeah. Welcome to brain on God, why B O G? It's time for Daryl and me to tell you about identity. Welcome, all of our brain on goggies. Brain on. Brain on I always mess goggies. it up. Our boggies. You're not boggies. goggies. You no. are boggies, and we're grateful that you're with us for the sixth episode. Oh yeah. Of YBOG. Happy New Year, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. From our families to yours. People get really mad when you say Happy Holidays and not Merry happy Christmas. Happy Holidays. But there's a song about it. It's happy, been around for so long. Were people holiday? mad at the song? Huh? Were people mad at the song when the song came out? At Happy Holidays? Happy Holidays. Because it took the Christ out of Christmas. The song did? I don't know. I don't oh, know. maybe. I don't even know Xmas. the whole song. The Christian community was very mad about Xmas. Xmas, but X stands for Christ. Exactly. Roman. In, uh, Wait, in what? Yeah. Seriously? Like Cairo, you know? What do you mean Cairo? Now you have to explain that. The two- X stands for Christ? Christ. <laughs> Cristo. Cristo? Cristo? You know, the X in Xmas stands for Cristo? I mean, I don't know. Maybe not, but it can. <laughs> Daryl's just feeding people. <laughs> but it can. <laughs> it can. Xmas. If you want Christ. it to, everybody. Yeah, if you Greek, want it to. Greek letters. Greek letters? Yeah. The K. The, the X. X. Christo. We'll have to fa- Can we look That's, that up? Uh, you remember uh, uh, learning about Constantine? Yeah. You saw the Cairo in the, in the sky. There's an X and an R. For Christ. Well, you got to explain that. I don't know what you're talking about. That's how he, be- he became a Christian, basically. Constantine? Or kind of. I don't know if you'd say he became a Christian, but he allowed Christianity to be a thing in the Roman Empire because he saw that symbol. And when he saw that, it was like he felt that was God appearing to him saying, you're going to win this war. He was battling. There was a battle. I think it was a... Uh, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say something that's wrong. <laughs> right. But there was a battle. He had this vision in the sky where he saw Cairo. And right. he was like, whoa, I think it was written on a shield. Mm-hmm. Basically, if you don't yeah. know who Constantine is, he's the guy that made Christianity illegal. And actually, like, the yeah. the primary religion in Rome? It became the primary religion in Rome. Yeah, but it was illegal before. This was 300, mm-hmm. around 300 AD. I don't remember the exact year. Right. Um, and, yeah, Christianity was illegal. And then it became legal mm-hmm. after this kind of event happened where he right. saw this vision in the sky and then he took that as a sign that god was with him that he was going to win this war then he won the war yeah and he's like christians are thumbs up which actually isn't the best thing <laughs> no 
No. Because unfortunately, when Christianity becomes illegal, you get a bunch of half-hearted Christians. Or when Christianity becomes legal. When it became legal. Right. Because when it was illegal, everybody was like, you're either in or you're out. Yeah. Because literally, you would die if you were a Christian. You would get fed to lions and ripped apart. I don't think all of them did. Sometimes. Well, I mean, like some of of them would. Yeah. Yeah. They were pretty tormented. Yeah. People were boiled alive and just crazy stuff. Crucified, just like Jesus. Mm -hmm. Peter was crucified upside Upside down. down. That's crazy. And then they made it uh, the 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 religion of actually of Rome. And so everybody started going to church. But then because everybody started going to church and because it was legal, people like really, I mean, it didn't really matter if you're a Christian because everybody was a Christian, you know, which is as big of a deal. It wasn't as big of a deal. No. Yeah. Because it's suddenly like, the hipsters were no longer hipsters. Exactly. And what do the hipsters do? <laughs> when everyone becomes a hipster, no one is considered a hipster. I wonder how irritated hipsters get. When when people start acting like them, <laughs> you know they get super irritated. They're like, "Why are you guys at my coffee shop?" <laughs> you see, the the goal it's it's totally against capitalism. The goal of a hipster coffee shop is for no one to come. Right. It's like a thing that nobody else does. It's a, it's so new new wave, so new age that no one even they don't even put themselves on Google. They don't market themselves. They don't want people to come because people actually buying your coffee would make it less hip. You know uh, the Enneagram? Everybody knows about the Enneagram now. Mm-hmm. But back in 2016... It came out way back then? It came out way before then. It's been around for ages. Nobody really knows. There's a... There's <laughs> Centuries. A, yeah. No, really. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. There's a... The, the lore of it is that is a uh, early church fathers. It was a way that they would understand people and humanity and how we reflected God. These nine different facets of who God is and that each person is... Uh, is broken in a certain way that takes that image of God and kind of distorts it, which is why when you look in the Enneagram, most of the stuff you're going to read about a number is all these negative things because it's pointing out the way that the person's broken and it, and it talks about how to heal, the direction you need to move to heal, right, to become more whole. And the idea is that God is in this whole, is in all of them. God is all of them together, right? And we all are reflecting God in a certain way, but we're kind of broken in a certain way. So the nine different ways the soul is fractured. They took the Trinity, multiplied it by three, got nine. Exactly. And every number has three different kinds too. Because you have your wings, but then you also have your, 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 uh, instinct, your instinctual type. What? Which is like, the, yeah, so you have your subtype. You're actually so you blowing nine, my mind right now. And you have three subtypes. This. So there's really like you have, a th- the, you have the nine, uh-huh. but then every number you have a wing, which makes it different. And then for every number that has a wing, you also have three different variants of that number. So there's like, I don't know, whatever the number that is. <laughs> Holy moly. You're actually so it's nine times three times three. You're saying early church fathers used the Enneagram? That's what, uh, that's what I've heard from uh, some Franciscan monks that I've heard <laughs> talking about it. <laughs> for real? Yeah. It's been around for a long time. Um, but, in 2000, but nobody really talked about it until the past couple of years. Right. However, in 2016, I heard about it from a hipster. <laughs> yeah and they were a hipster really and then you know i heard it until in 16 and then not it wasn't until like a couple years later that suddenly everybody was talking about it were they wearing doc martens and no glasses suspenders? big red beard though oh, heck uh, yeah. i think hair that was kind of you know back i don't remember exactly right. probably i don't know about doc martens were you friends with this sure. guy or he just came up he's my friend's brother it, hipsters actually i actually take that back they do like telling you about how hip they are <laughs> they like telling you about all the stuff that they know that you don't you know yeah they have the secret knowledge i think he's like an original hipster an og hip yeah he's an og hipster 
That, what makes an OG hipster? My friend's brother. I don't know. It's not like a hipster because it's cool. Oh, you shoot. You know what I mean? People like... Now People, being a hipster is kind of like a thing. Uh-huh. But it wasn't really a thing. He was like, well, hipsters were just very different. Right. You know? Now hipster hi- wasn't now about like a style. Hipster wasn't about having a hydro flask. No, that's not hipster. This episode is sponsored by Hydro Flask. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's not. It's not. Yeah, it's not at it all. It is not. Yeah. We are making no money. <laughs> no money at all. That's actually crazy. That actually blew my mind right now. Yeah, Cairo. Cairo. Christmas. So con- <laughs> anyway, all coming from Christmas. We hope that you had a good Xmas, a Cairo Christmas. A Christmas with we, Christ. We hope that you're like Constantine and that you made Christianity legal. Um, in everything that you do. In everything that you do. But also make sure that people are still going after him for real, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, because otherwise, you know, uh, lions are a, a, uh, are a deterrent for mm. many. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> from becoming a Christian. Or you I don't can say to... it's a filter. Lion filter? No, lions are a filter. You know, they filter out the people who really want to do it. I know. That is crazy. There is something to say about, joking, it, yeah. and this is just like a, a, I guess a more plain way of saying something spiritual or whatever, but that's cool, is uh, that uh, hard things make good people, you know? Hard things make good people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. I get that. Hard thing make good people. <laughs> I don't think I said it right. <laughs> You're fine. You're fine. No, totally. Hard thing make good. No, uh, what, what is it? Um, uh, do hard things. I think that's just the phrase. Do hard, do hard things. Because when you do hard things, it makes you tough. You know, being a Christian was hard. I mean, mm-hmm. it still is kind of. I mean, it's tough, but we have so much religious freedom that it makes it a lot easier. Right, we have people yeah. close their eyes and and everyone bow their heads, so no one's even embarrassed to become a Christian. Like when you make a decision to follow Jesus. When you make yeah, when you make a decision to follow Jesus, we make we make sure nobody knows about it, so that you're feeling <laughs> <laughs> so oh, that man. so that you're safe, so that you're comfortable. But when in the early days of becoming a Christian, it was like. You, okay, you become a Christian. If someone finds out, you, they'll they can tell somebody you could be killed. Yeah, you could die, and that makes crazy people that are absolutely you got to be passionate about Jesus and got to know Jesus and actually got to you got to believe and live what you're saying if you're gonna if you're being willing to to die for it. You know? Yeah, it's like something you have to be ready to right. dive into. Right. It's like I could be a Christian if someone's maybe might peek their eyes and see me choosing raising up my hand in church. You know that's not that hard to do. Anyway, we're <laughs> yeah yeah. Anyway, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> we always do this. We always talk forever before we actually get to the topic. But speaking about the enneagram, that talks about personality. It talks about a little bit about who you are and stuff like yeah. that. I guess we could transition into that. But we want to talk about <laughs> it's a it's a sloppy transition, but it's a transition nonetheless. Okay. And that's what's um, important. That is all that is important. We want to talk about um being before doing. Being preceding doing. Being preceding doing. Yeah. Yeah. We want to talk about actually living from a place of um living from a, a place of identity, of knowing who you are, because a lot of times we get caught up doing things in order to become something or in mm-hmm. order to prove to ourselves that we are a certain way or we're are a way that we want to be, you know, mm-hmm. and we do things that we maybe should do because they should matter to us because they should show other people who we are, even if we're not that person. Right. And so we end up doing a, a lot of useless things. Um, I wouldn't say useless. I mean, they have some merit, but the, um, 
but they don't actually change who we are, right? A lot of things that we do don't actually change the feelings that we have about ourselves, the perceptions that we have about ourselves. They don't change mm-hmm. our actual identity. And so we find ourselves in these in these um, these rat races, these treadmills, uh, just kind of, you know, like the hamster in the tube, you know, where you're just stuck, you're trapped and you're running all around and you're, you know, you think you're getting somewhere, but really you're not getting anywhere at all because you're doing all these things to become something, you know? Right. We're trying yeah. to modify our behavior to change who we are as a being, you know, it's like, I want to do this thing because I don't want to feel this way anymore, which I think there is some merit to that where we can make some decisions and change right. our actions um, but I think that the lasting change and the deeper change comes from more of an inward, an inner, an inner shift, uh, right. rather than trying to fix the symptoms of something. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I, yeah, I think that God calls us to, to be someone before he calls us to do something. It's not, right. I don't think God has like a, you're going to be this pastor before you are this kind of a person. But I think he just right. wants us to be a certain person you know he mm-hmm. wants us to work on our being like who we are on the inside our character who right. what are the things inside of us that we desire mm-hmm. what are the things that we value and i think as we focus on those things the things that are inward the values the things that are important naturally we will behave a certain way mm-hmm. as we start putting value on certain things mm-hmm. we will start acting out of those values right tony robbins says that our decisions that we make are come from our beliefs and from our values things that we believe and the things that are important to us that's what determines the decisions that we make right right that's what determines whether or not we're going to go to the gym mm-hmm. or whether or not we're going to stop doing that habit you know or whether or not we're going to be home with our family at a certain time to spend time with the kids or right. it's about what we believe about ourselves and about the people around us and the things that are important to us mm-hmm. our values right I think a lot of the time we um, we try and live as outside in people rather than inside out people. Outside in, mm-hmm. outside in people, where it's like um, change change what I'm doing or change what I'm acting or changing change what I'm saying, but on the inside I'm still kind of. I mean, that was the main problem that Jesus had with the religious people at the time, the Pharisees, you know, the Sadducees, the the religious leaders, and all of the things. Where he's like, yeah. you guys present this whole image of you. You know, you tie the smallest. Um, the smallest amount from your spice gardens, you know, he's like, but you forget to love people. You know, you're, you're missing the whole point. You, you do all of these things to show people that you are a certain way or to make people think that you are a certain way. You love praying in public. You love people seeing you as like, you know, as the hot shot, you know, as yeah. the hot shot, the, the ones with the knowledge, the ones who know the, the Christian hipsters, you know, whatever it is, uh, you love people seeing you that way. But on the inside, he's like, you're whitewashed, you're whitewashed Whitewashed tombs, tombs. you know, you look pretty on the outside, but on the inside, you're dead, you're dead on the inside. And and what Jesus is saying in that is it's not about all this outward stuff about what you do, uh, about what you're showing people that you're capable of or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's about actually being transformed on the inside that he actually cares about who you are before he cares about what you do. And we see yeah. this even with the the baptism of Jesus, and this is before Jesus even starts his ministry, before he even does, before anything. He does anything. He doesn't do a single miracle. Doesn't you know? Uh, yeah, he doesn't do anything yet. Um, before he obviously he died on the cross, and uh, and you know the father speaks down, and he's like, "This is my son, in whom I'm well pleased." Yeah. You know, um, and he gives Jesus identity before he ever does anything. Right. So Jesus has a a consecration moment where he's like, God's his father is like, This is who you are. 
and then Jesus lives out of that place, right? Yeah, yeah. So everything he does outside of that moment comes from a place of being a son, of being yeah. loved, of being his father's kid. And then he goes out and does all the cool miracles. Then he goes hang out and hangs out with the prostitutes and, you know, steps in front of, you know, uh, adulterous women who are about to get stoned and and then he you know meets with people in the in the night and then he goes and prays and then he's in the garden and then he raises mm-hmm. Lazarus and then he dies on the cross and then he resurrects out it, that stuff is all after the fact of of knowing who he is yeah it's not the <clears throat> the opposite would be him going out to do things so that he can become a son of god right right he's not going out trying to heal people and speak into these situations that are wrong to correct people that are believing or seeing things. He's not going out trying to teach or to do miracles in order to have earned the title of the son of God or, or, or to earn God's good pleasure, right? Mm-hmm. He's not trying to get to a place where suddenly, okay, God can save me. He is pleased, right? Right. He's not, he's not coming for that. He's coming from that. That's right. where he's coming from. And that, uh, I think that there's something to be noted that 80% of New Year's resolutions fail by mid-February. Which is crazy. Yeah, which is a lot by mid-February, right? I don't know I don't know what the number is past that, mm-hmm. <laughs> but imagine that even more people stop their New Year's resolution. But I think that the change, firstly, I think that says something about our desire to be different right? It's probably so high because there's so many people making resolutions to, to be different, right? right? To do something different, to live differently in their life and wanting to, they, being able to see like, hey, I can probably do this or I see something that I don't have that I want, right? Or I see someone that I want to be that I'm not currently right now. I think that there's a lot of people doing that. That's why the number is so high. And it mm-hmm. says something about our desire to change or to grow or to be, to realize that I might be capable of more. But it also says something about what the way that we go about changing. Right. Right. The way that we go about trying to make our life different. And I think the the dealing with the symptoms of a situation or of a behavior rather than going to the core of where this is coming from. Right. Is one of the reasons why those changes that we try to make in our life may not last as long. Right. Is because we're looking at the thing we're doing and we're trying to not do the thing. Mm-hmm. rather than looking deeper at why am I doing this thing or why do I want to do this other thing right. and figuring out and getting clarity on who, what is that inside of me that I want to change, right? right? Is, my, is it insecurity? Is it loneliness? Is it, is it pride? Is those, those different things inside of us that are causing these symptoms of behavior, right. we're trying to medicate the symptoms and change our behavior without dealing right. with the inner turmoil that right. we have. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's a huge, huge thing for resolutions, you know, is like we make all these resolutions because we should, and it's the time, it's the right time. It's like, I'm going to change my life. And it's awesome that we do have that. I think that is like, that is the God heart within every human to be like, I want to grow, you know, or I want to be different or I want to do things different. I want to get better, you know? And even Mm -hmm. the fact that we have that desire is awesome. That's like, yes, if you didn't have that desire, (laughs) That would suck. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, if you didn't even have a desire to change, you wouldn't have a desire to change, you know? But the fact that we have a desire to change is, is awesome. But the, the motive behind why we're actually trying to change is, is huge. And I know that when I've tried to 
you know, when I've tried to stop those things and just stop the symptoms, it, it never works out for me. I end up more anxious or more, you know, mm-hmm. uh, insecure about something or, or just more just like, why can't I quit this? Or why can't I stop this? Or why is this still going on in my life? Rather than getting to the root of like, of, okay, what's actually inside me? Why am I doing these things, you know, and who do I actually want to be? Yeah. I think mm-hmm. that, um, values is an important thing, knowing what's important to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that helps those kind of changes is, is, uh, attaching an action with a value, right? So if I'm doing these things or I want to do these things, but it's not attached to anything that's important to me, then it's going to be a lot harder for me to do it or to stop doing it. Right. But if I can take that idea of, I don't want to smoke anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to smoke anymore because I don't want to be addicted to any, I don't want to be addicted to anything. I want to be, I feel like I'm in full control of how I spend my time and my energy. I don't want to be at, at the whim of something telling me what to do and then me going to it, you right. know? Um, I want to make decisions intentionally right? and I can attach that, I, that I want that desire to stop smoking to that value of being, of being intentional with everything that I do. Right. And so if I find myself smoking, I can ask myself, am I being intentional with what I want to do? Right. Is this an intentional decision or am I just going to do it because it's calling to me? Right. Right. Am I submitting to the will of the, of, of having to smoke? Yeah. And I think that just that awareness helps us make the decisions it puts the power back into our hands right. to, to actually choose right tony robbins says that the the every breakthrough begins with a change of belief right mm-hmm. so if i believe i'm addicted to cigarettes i'm probably not going to stop smoking right but if i believe that i can stop smoking and i actually believe that i can stop smoking i probably will have a much higher chance of stopping of smoking stopping smoking yeah because if i believe i'm going to do it then i'm i'm probably going to live into my belief because mm-hmm. That's what we always do. We always live according to what we believe, right? right? We we don't sit down in chairs. We don't or we don't believe we're going to hold us up. We sit down mm-hmm. because we believe it's going to hold us up, right? And we believe, and therefore we are doing things, and mm-hmm. we act in a in in accordance with our beliefs, right? Right. So if I believe that I can stop this, it gives me a bit more power to actually stop doing this behavior. Mm-hmm. But I think something you said is really important too is recognizing the the good thing that comes from it right so if i'm anxious and i smoke and it helps me relax that's a good thing right relaxing right when right. i'm anxious finding peace that's good right if and then but smoking maybe isn't the healthiest thing the healthiest way to get there right it might <laughs> yeah. be that maybe it's not the healthiest way to get to peace right what can i do that'll help me get to peace when i'm in anxiety right and then replacing it Right. With that behavior. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like having that shift of not looking for the not looking for the uh, the the symptom and trying to fix the symptom. But what right. is it that the symptom is trying to fix? Right. And yeah. how, how can I get another? Yeah. How can I make that happen another way? Or what is the doing trying to fix? What is the doing? Whatever trying to it do? is. Right. Like it, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. It could be smoking or you could be going to the gym for the wrong reason. Totally. You know, uh, you could be going to the gym because you're insecure about your body. And I, I've seen this happen a lot is that, uh, certain, certain people that they're, they're really insecure about their body and they're like, I need to get back in the gym. And so they get back in the gym and then they start, and they may even be consistent with it. They start looking better and stuff. And guess what? They're still insecure. <laughs> right. And you still, still have the insecurity. Yeah. They, they still have the same view because they used working out to free them from the insecurity they had about themselves. 
right? So they're using something else to change something on the inside, an outside-in change, right. rather than actually seeing themselves as someone valuable, seeing themselves as someone who is made for health, and then stepping into working out because they actually believe, you know, and I'm not saying that, you know, being outside of, you know, the gym is, is not valuable or something, but, but they, they're seeing themselves as like, Oh, I'm a, I'm temple. I want to take care of my body. Right. I'm valuable. Yeah. And then actually that healthy place of wanting to go to the gym where it's like, Oh no, I just want to, I want to be healthy for my family. I want to be healthy for my, for my kids. Like I want to be healthy for me. I want to have a good, you know, body image, like, you know, all that stuff. Then, you know, you go and and that slight shift in, in entering into working out because of, of, um, a healthy being, right, gives you way greater of a chance of you actually following through with that, you know, and then you actually liking the process rather than just getting, you know, getting um, uh, checking off a box to go to the gym, right? Yeah. Because it's like constantly, if you're like starting from an insecure space, you know, you're constantly weighing yourself against other people, what they're doing, what they what they look like, and, and you're constantly looking at yourself like, oh, I have this, I have this, you know, these right. roles, or I got this, and, th-. and now you're so focused on what's wrong with you, and then you develop a, a mindset of what's wrong with you so that even when you do get healthier, you still, still have that insecure. same, yeah, you're still insecure. You still have that same well, so mindset. That, yeah. Right. Right. And you don't notice the progress as much because you're focused on the thing that you're insecure about. Right. And it doesn't give a, it doesn't lead to freedom, Mm-mm. you know, and we can, I think, operate in freedom when we have that shift beforehand. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this because I want to be healthy. Or because I value me, my bad, my body, right. right? I value my body. I think I'm I'm worth taking care of. And if I believe that I'm worth taking care of, then I'm probably going to take care of myself. Yeah, totally. Right. Mm-hmm. It's that internal shift and that internal shift of belief and and of who I am. Right. I am valuable. Right. I should take care of myself. Right. And that will lead me to working out and not trying to compare myself to other people or comparing. Uh, you know, like. I've read this phrase that comparison shrinks people, right? It's either going to shrink you or it's going to shrink the person you're comparing yourself against. Jeez. Either like I'm getting, I'm either small or else you're small, right? That's right. what we do when we compare ourselves to others. And whenever we can operate from that place of, of being confident in who we are and value, knowing that we are valuable, mm-hmm. I think when we decide to make that shift and that change, it's a lifestyle change, not just a new year's resolution as far as like a, this year I'm going to work out. Right. You know, it's like, no, I'm going to decide to change the way I'm living my life. Right. And it doesn't need to happen every, at New Year's, you know? No, <laughs> the, no, no. New Year's resolutions don't need to wait for New Year's. None you know? of my New Year's resolutions <laughs> have happened at New Year's. Yeah. It's <laughs> right. always been, yeah, some random time. It's like I'm realizing, hey, I should change. I want to change the way that I'm living because of something that's important to me. Right. And I think that's, I think that's a big deal is, real, is, is connecting it to a value. Mm-hmm. Why do I want to do this differently? Right. It gives it it gives it a strength to it. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like I value health or I, I value, um, I mean that could s- attach to a lot of different things, right? I value being peaceful in my mind, you know, mm-hmm. or, um, I value being, you know, free from ad- addiction, you know, or wh- whatever it is. Like I actually, I value these things, not I'm trying to just be a better person, you know, or I'm trying to right. get rid of these things, but it's like, what do I actually value? And then you attach that to that actual, to that doing, you know, coming out of that place. I want to be a person that values this, but you do have to come even a deeper level of, of what do I value? And then there's certain things that I want to value that I don't value right now. 
you know? So mm-hmm. like there might be, um, you know, coming back to that same example of smoky, whatever, you might not even have that value. So right. then how do you change your actual values? <laughs> yeah. Sitting with those things. Cause that's, that's an even deeper level to it of, of that, that plays into it. Yeah. I think that's a good question. I think, um, I think part of it could, could, uh, have to do with how we see ourselves. Um, I was talking with a friend a couple weeks ago and he was telling me when he was growing up and going to school, he was hearing from his stepdad a lot that he's no good, you know, Mm. oh, he can't do anything good. He's not, he's a failure. Like, oh, you're a failure. You can't do anything good. You're a bad kid. Right. You're never going to do well in studies. Like you, you fail all your classes. And so he would go to class thinking, oh, I'm a failure. You know, I can't do anything good anyways. And so he wouldn't try. Right. So he's like, so why should I try to do anything? Because it's the, it doesn't matter because I'm a bad kid, bad you know, kid, yeah. I'm a bad kid. I'm a bad student. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fail. And it wasn't until, and so studying wasn't important to him. Right. But it, it wasn't until he took an inward look at himself and thought, you know what? I think I could do this. I'm going to mm-hmm. try. And when he actually gave, believed that he could do it, right. he applied himself and saw that he could. And then so he, it, 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 it caused an inward change for him. Mm. So he started trying. He started applying himself. He started studying. And that became, he realized that it was important for him to be able to prove to himself, no, I can do this. And this, right. this shift of belief in who he is and who he was, mm-hmm. that also shifted his values and what was important to him. Totally. And I think that could be the case for somebody who maybe is, maybe they're not, they're not valuing if someone's addicted to smoking for this example, mm-hmm. maybe it's not important for them to stop smoking. Maybe they don't see the reason why they need to stop smoking mm-hmm. and that's okay. If that's where they're at, you know, it totally. doesn't need to be a certain way, but if they're in a place where they do want to stop smoking, mm-hmm. what's the reason, right? If right. they, if they're thinking it's unhealthy, mm-hmm. right? If somebody's wanting to stop smoking, there's probably a reason behind it. Right. And if they're putting enough thought into stopping, then there's something valuable that they're trying to protect. Right. right. There's something that's valuable to them that they're wanting to um, uphold. Right. And whether that's because my my wife or my husband or my friends or my my siblings, you know, I don't want to be a bad example. What's the value? Well, right. maybe it's because they love their family. They want their family to make healthy choices, you know. Right. And so it really is important for them to make healthy choices, even if they don't if they're not making healthy choices themselves, they can still value health. Right. And I think identifying those mm-hmm. is what helps. Like, right. You know what? This is important to me. Right. Cause we can get so blind to, to why we even actually want to, to quit something like that, you know, yeah. or why we even want to change. And then it just becomes surface level of this is just needs to change in my life. And that's why it doesn't have any roots, you know, yeah. it doesn't have any actually roots. Cause that's, that's really good. It's like, you have to keep going to those, those deeper levels of those, of those internal things. It's like, well, I want to be a good example for my, my family. It's like, okay, well, why? It's like, right. well, cause I, cause I love my family. It's like, well, okay, you love your family, you want to be a good example, like, what, what is it about, you know, smoking that, that would change that? It's like, well, I, I want my kids to be healthy, and, and I want them to see their father, you know, being yeah. healthy, and, and I want us all to grow up in a, in a home where we're seeking health together, you know, and now you're going deeper yeah. and deeper into those things, you that, know. That could be something that they value that they've just neglected. Right, exactly, that they didn't even know that they valued, and so they've just been living up in you know, up here on the surface level, you know? Yeah. I think sometimes we can also live out of accordance with our value, with our values. And that causes some kind of inner turmoil. Mm-hmm. And maybe we don't know what that is. And we have to spend time identifying that. 
mm-hmm. right? Like um, my wife, Brittany, she really values honor. That's right. the concept of honoring people. But she didn't know that specifically for a while, right? She would have these experiences and she would think, why? Like, oh, I'm so mad at that. I'm so mad that this person did that. Oh. Or I'm so upset with myself for not doing this. Hmm. And she didn't know specifically that it was because honor, but she but she spent some time reflecting and realized honor is really important to me. Right. And I want to make honoring decisions. Right. And I want to see people honor each other as well. Mm-hmm. Right. So maybe it's not clear in the beginning. And but there's probably some kind of inner turmoil mm. and something that's inside of us that's like, oh, this doesn't sit right. Right. And I think in those moments we have to ask those questions. Right. To find out what value is this violating? Right. Right. Is this violating a value of mine? And what can I do to uphold that value? Totally. And that's the same thing with me and authenticity. Right. <laughs> it's my yeah, absolute yeah. highest, uh, my absolute highest value that I have is like being authentic. And it's actually, it's a problem when I, when I meet people that I feel like are being inauthentic or being disingenuous. pretty quickly, I, I will stop respecting you. i'll stop listening to you like i have to actually like you know hey it's okay for people to be where they're at you know it's like totally fine but if i see you trying to like prove yourself or trying to like you know filter yourself into a conversation or something like that or you're you're just talking about yourself way too much or you're just being like kind of not really i don't know you're just not being yourself like around people it's like i'll start i i have this tendency to start looking at you differently and i and i i didn't know why i was doing that either until i realized like oh my gosh like I just value authenticity so much, you know, like I value people being themselves. I value them coming into a room and not feeling like they have to, you know, go and and prove themselves to everybody or start telling these, you know, crazy stories about themselves that no one really cares about, you know, (laughs) that they could just be themselves and and chill, dude, you know, like we're all good here. And that's because I have this high value for authenticity. And that's the same inside uh, of me for myself you know it's like mm-hmm. i want to be authentic in front of people i never want you know to show an inauthentic side of myself or to push myself to be like this you know a, a certain way that i'm not you know that's yeah. that's really important to me and so whenever i'm living outside of that i can definitely tell like as soon as as soon as i do something that's like um i don't know i i, I say something about myself to somebody that maybe they didn't even need to know like i'll be thinking to myself like was that disingenuous you know like yeah. I, I don't want to live from that place you know like uh, did i just try and prove myself to that person and i'm like i'm really talking a lot about myself like i'm always thinking about you know those types of things I, i'm gonna lay low on on talking about myself right now and those values actually lead me to change you know what i mean or lead yeah. me to be aware of those things that i'm doing so now it's no longer like um I don't know. I don't want to try and prove myself. It's like, no, my value is to be authentic. It's not about stopping proving myself in front of people or whatever. It's like, no, I just want to live authentically. And now I'm moving forward in that. And then that helps me to kind of cipher through, um, you know, what I should, should and should not be doing, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing the value helps identify the decisions that you want to make. Right. You know, and like what kind of decisions do you want to be? What kind of person do you want to be? Mm -hmm. And that affects your doing. Right, totally. But it's coming from a place of who you are, right? Right. What's in what feels intrinsic to you, right? Mm-hmm. Like your what's intrinsically valuable to you. Mm-hmm. What are the things that are most important? And that out of that place, we do things. Right. It's it comes down to those are the values, right? The the way that we believe about ourselves, about others, and the things that are important to us. Mm-hmm. Like those affect the decisions that we're going to be making. Right. Yeah. I think um, it's. It's, it would be cool to talk about, we talked about it a little bit um, b- before we started recording, 
but about how a lot of these ways that we try and um, do mm. things to become something, mm-hmm. they end up becoming like, I called it double agents. Double agents. Double, double <laughs> agent thoughts or, or double agent doings uh, where they actually do the opposite of what we want them to do. Yeah. One, one, I mean, we thought of a couple of different examples, but Mm -hmm. one thing that I've, uh, I grew up with a lot of sisters and they sometimes would make up, sometimes they wouldn't wear makeup, but something I, I discovered along my path of life (laughs) (laughs) is that, uh, using makeup to cover up acne will actually cause more acne. Yeah. At the end of the day, right. But, <laughs> but makeup gets used to try to cover up the acne because we don't want the acne there or showing, mm-hmm. but then it actually ends up causing more acne at the end of the day. Right. So what we're doing to try to stop what we don't want is actually causing it to happen more. Right. It's a double agent. It's a double agent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's a, that's a lot of what we try to do. It's the same thing with, with the gym, the very thing, if you're insecure, about your body and then you go to the gym the very thing that you're using to take away the insecurity that you have becomes the very place of insecurity right right so you're using the gym to become secure but at the gym you're looking at other people and noticing how they they might look differently than you or whatever and then even when you get healthier you're still insecure because you didn't actually change the mindset It, it doesn't actually help you or a big one that i that i struggle with is is condemnation or mm. shame guilt um, is that I think a lot of the time that if I if I beat myself up enough, it will make me into the person I want to be. <laughs> so right. if I, what are those people called, the ascetics or whatever? Ascetics. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that beat themselves over the back. So that a lot of times in my own mind, I can do that to myself, right? I'll mess up or I'll hurt somebody or I'll say something I shouldn't have said or I'll do something I shouldn't have done. And I'll just, I'll just be like, what did I just do? Like, why, why did I just do it? And I'll just mole, mole on it, right? Mm-hmm. Mole over on it? I don't mole know. over on it. I, <laughs> mole it. Mole it down. I will, mole it over. I will give it a oh, mullet. Mole it over. I will <laughs> give it a mullet. <laughs> Business in the front, party in the back. Business in the front, party in the back. Amen. And, and I'll, uh, because it, condemnation, it has this, uh, this lure to it, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like, because it. If I if I condemn myself or I'm guilty enough, it, for, to me it, it becomes a tool to not do those things again and to become who I want to be, which is a person who didn't just do that thing or right. who didn't yeah, just say yeah. that thing because I want to live into my values of of being you know living in holiness or you know living in love towards people. And when I live outside that place, it it makes me feel bad. You know, like I'm like, ah yeah. oh, man, I I don't want to be that. I, I I want to live out of I want to live out of love, right? So it has this this strange. Um, this strange tactic, guilt, shame, and condemnation, where it it tells you that, well, if you're just hard on yourself enough, if you just beat yourself up enough, if you just right. think about it enough and are anxious about it enough, it, you'll get so anxious and so worried and so afraid that you'll change. That you'll stop being anxious and afraid. Right, anymore. right. But all, all of all of that stuff, it, what condemnation does is is I'll use condemnation uh, to to stop the feelings of feeling anxious about what I did. And then the condemnation will make me feel more anxious and it will actually lead me to do what caused me to feel anxious in the first place. So say it's some, uh, some addiction or some, you know, some, you know, sin or whatever. I I do it to comfort myself. Then I use condemnation, you know, or, you know, I get condemned about it. That makes me feel bad. And then that actually pushes me to go do that thing again. It's a double agent. Yeah. It totally is. It's something that's, I think is working for me, but it's actually working against me instead of actually knowing, 
hey, I'm good, you know, like I'm solid, mm-hmm. like uh, uh, Jesus, you know, forgive me, your forgiveness is over me, your, your blood is over me, I'm not going to feel bad about this in order to, you know, feel right. better. It's, it's like, like, I need to feel bad in order to stop doing this. Right. But the feeling bad drives us to do it again sometimes. Right. Well, yeah, I think yeah. that happens often. That's like the shame cycle. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, that happens to me with like, uh, in moments of insecurity or doubting, like self-doubt. Mm-hmm. When I start doubting myself and thinking, well, maybe, I, wait, do I know how to do this thing or do I not know how to do it? Um, this happened a lot when I was dancing. So mm. if I was like dancing or doing some kind of performance. Daryl was a dancer. I used to dance a lot. <laughs> hey, there he is. <laughs> I used to dance a lot, mostly hip hop, sometimes some other styles too. Ballroom, but, ballet. Uh, a little bit of ballet, not very much. For like you a couple ballet? months. I did for a couple months. Oh, I think yeah. I did for a couple months before I went to Australia. But I did They're ballroom. They're toes, man. Yeah, guys don't really go on point like that. But there's little boxes that, uh, but it does, even without the boxes, I think a lot of ballerinas can go up on their toes. It's not healthy. So that's why they have the boxes. It's like a cushion. Gosh. Um, anyways, when I would dance and like perform, uh, when I would get in my head about something, like not uh, be unsure, mm. I would end up not doing anything or I'd right. end up messing it up. Right? right. And it wasn't because I didn't know the dance because I've done it a thousand times. Right. But as soon as I start questioning myself because I want to, I want to do it right. Mm-hmm. So I'm questioning myself because I want to do it right and end up not doing it right because I'm questioning myself. Right. It's like this nervousness that I'm going to mess up causes me to mess up mm-hmm. because I'm nervous. Right. It's that same thing. Rather than trusting, oh, no, I, I know how to do this. Right. I got this. I can mm-hmm. do this. Yeah. And just trusting myself, right? And which leads me to doing it differently. Totally. You're way more confident when you're not thinking. <laughs> yeah. yeah when you're not like thinking about everything that's the same thing when i was in totally. uh when i was in theater in, in senior year doing it getting like we use we use worry so that we'll be on top of making sure we have all our lines down and then worry makes you forget your lines yeah it's the uh-huh. it does uh-huh. the very opposite thing that you <laughs> want it to do right instead of actually knowing inside yourself like hey i got this you know like I, i've studied all the lines those things are inside me I, i'm ready to go and and i'm going to go out there i'm not going to worry about it and then usually when i'm in that state it puts you into this flow state right where you're not worried about you know what am i going to say here what is my line here how am i going i used to do this with sermons all the time too where it was like okay what am i going to say i want to make sure i say this perfectly oh, i, I want to you know when i used to you know when i would preach sermons i would just get so in my head about how it comes off or how i put it and now i just don't even think about it mm-hmm. i just I, I write my sermon i know that it, i know that actually um this is actually who i am you know like i've been given a gift of communicating to people and the 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 gospel has made its way into my heart. It's a, a huge part of who I am, right? Jesus right. is like, it, he's who I am, you know? Like, that's what I'm all about. So when I get up there, it's like, it, he's never not come through. I get up there, I speak, and it's like, and it's awesome. And I I, I, I don't remember the last time I, I worried about going to give a sermon, which is awesome. That's super, like, it's super freeing, but that's coming out of a place of, this is actually who I am right? Like I'm a son of God. Like I've been walking with Jesus for a long time. Like I've, I'm, I didn't just prepare this sermon. I've been sitting with him all, you know, for the last month and he's been giving me different words and, you know, like all of those things. So he's like, he's totally prepared me for this, even if I'm not fully prepared, you know, uh, on like a actual sheet or notes level, you know? And so out of that, that place of, of being a son or being a communicator, being, you know, like I can step into that place and I can, and I can do it. And that, and you'll communicate confidently communicate confidently right because i'm 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 doing this place out of out of 
a, a genuine place of of being yeah and that all translates back into those into all those things that we want to change in our lives too it's like who do you actually want to to become you know stop doing all these things to to change your inner perception of yourself or to change those actually i mean the the best way i would do it is to recommend is to sit with god (laughs) sit with god and and do some some uh thoughtful or contemplative prayer with god and go through some of those things and and kind of find out what your values are you know find out what's actually inside of you where you're actually at right now be honest don't don't just do things because you should do them. Don't have a resolution, a resolution because you should have a resolution. And mm-hmm. it's the it's the time to have a resolution. If you're going to have a re- resolution, great, but do it out of a place of of I actually uh, I, I want something different on the inside to change, you know. And then because of that, because I know I can be different on the inside, I'm going to step in and I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to you know I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to uh, I don't know, love my kids better, be spend more time with my family. It's like find those deeper values, those inside, and then live out of that place, you know? Yeah, the internal shifts, mm-hmm. the things that we believe about ourselves first, you know? Not going to the gym because we are insecure, but if we are insecure, that's okay to acknowledge. I think right. it's actually very important to acknowledge. If right. you have an insecurity, yes. to acknowledge it because that is a symptom. Yes. Right? Of something. Right. That means there's something that we believe about ourselves. That's probably not true. Right. And I say that because insecurity is not a default setting. Right. You know, we are intrinsically created with value. Mm -hmm. Every single person is created with intrinsic value. Insecurity comes up when we're believing something about ourselves that's not true. Mm -hmm. And or or trying to be something that isn't true to who we are. Oh, (laughs) so we're trying to be something that's not true to who we are. Right. And so we're trying to fit another mold or we're, we're not, we're like a, like a fish trying to climb a tree and then judging ourselves for not being good at it. Right. right you know, right. let's yeah. just get it some water. Let's put ourselves in some water and yeah, yeah. show us what we're made of. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And the insecurity that comes, I think is, is a sign of something deeper. And so it's okay to acknowledge I'm insecure in this area. Mm-hmm. What is it that's causing me to be insecure? Right. What am I believing about myself? Mm-hmm. Right. What am I believing about myself that's caused me to feel this way? And then think of, okay, well, what's is it? Firstly, question that because it's probably whatever that thing is, it's probably not true. Right. And so start with question. Is that true? And think what would be the opposite or what is something that um, is more true than what I'm believing right now? Right. If I believe I'm not important or I'm not valuable or I'm not attractive. Well, what's a what's a belief that is true that I'm just not seeing right that actually can replace that uh-huh. what are the things I'm believing about myself that are not true and how can I find a more resourceful belief right mm-hmm. I think digging deep is it is important right and as we go into the next year thinking about that and having that in mind of the changes that we want to make to our life um, where is it coming from right Wh- what kind of person are we wanting to be firstly? Mm-hmm. And then I think as we work on being that kind of person, we'll end up doing the things that are, that most line up with who we are. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, de- denying the place where you're actually at is the worst thing that you could do mm-hmm. in making like a, and actually wanting to change, <laughs> Yeah, you know, cause it, a lot of times, and, and I've done this so many times where it's just like, yeah, just, just do it. 
you know, and just do it. You know, do that it. Shia LaBeouf video, you know, just do it. which is awesome. I mean, there's, there's a part to that where it is like, there's certain things that, Hey, just, just do it. And that'll actually, you know, that'll actually give you the confidence to keep doing it. You know, like just go to the gym once, you know, mm-hmm. go to the gym mm-hmm. once. And then the next day, go to the gym again. You know, there, there are certain things that are, that are just do it, but, but also be honest with, with where you're at. You know, if you're, yeah. if you're struggling with, with insecurity uh, about your body, you're struggling with, with, a, uh, with addiction, that's okay. You know, like those are, those are very real feelings that a lot of us feel, Yeah, you know, so, so sit with those things, uncover the roots of those things and then say, okay, what's the actually, what is actually the value for me going to the gym? Why am I actually trying to make this resolution to go to the gym? Or why am I actually trying to make this resolution to, to, to love my, love my kids better? Am I, am I actually, do I not spend enough time with them? Why don't I spend enough time with them? Like actually sit with those things and, and be real with yourself, you know, be, be vulnerable before, before the Lord before yourself, maybe before a a close friend and say, Mm -hmm. I really want to change some of these things, but I got to be honest with where I'm at. Because if you're just, if you're just saying like, no, I am, I am, I'm, I'm buff already, you know, like (laughs) I'm ready to go and I'm going to do this. I'm dedicated already. You're probably, you're probably not there yet, you know? And like, Mm -hmm. while, while having a good mindset, a positive mindset, you know, might work for a little bit, be honest, allow yourself to actually build an a real positivity rather than some fake band-aid positivity where it's just like i'm just convincing myself that i can do this you know it's yeah. like i really think i'm gonna struggle doing this you know yeah. be honest with with the struggle and don't pretend that you're there if you're not there i think that's huge yeah you know and then and then that actually gives you more of a um of a barometer of where your heart's at of where your internal state is at and then you can actually make more uh, you can make better decisions out of that place because you know where you're really at. You're not just placing some right. spiritual jargon on top of it or some self-help method on top of it or some positivity message on top of an actual wound, you know, right. or on yeah. top of an actual thing that you're going through or struggling with. You're actually getting real, allowing yourself to acknowledge that. And then that acknowledgement brings in the the space to experience healing in that area, to uncover some things, to figure out what you really value, to be, you know, mm-hmm. to actually be where you're at. And that being can actually inspire what you do from that, the decisions that you make out of that. Yeah. Being yeah. fully present and growing. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Growing in self-awareness of who are you, you know, what's mm-hmm. important to you? What are the things that are really bothering you? Totally. Um, and I think also don't feel like you need to do it alone. I know that, um, right. A while ago I was doing some research for a class that I was teaching on goal setting I think this applies to this as well, just change in general. But there's a study that was done at a university. There were three things that helped significantly as and determined whether or not and increased increased the chances of whether or not somebody was going to accomplish what they set out to do. Um, if they if they just thought about it and had it in their head, like what they wanted to do or the kind of person they wanted to be, they had a twenty percent chance of actually doing that. Wow. Whenever they decided to when they wrote it down on a piece of paper and put it somewhere where they could see it their chances doubled of actually doing that thing so writing it down having it somewhere where they want to be or somewhere that they're going to see it regularly the other thing was telling somebody about it Mm. telling someone else hey these are the things i'm going to do hey this is the kind of person i want to be right finding someone safe that you can trust and telling them that these are the kind of decisions i want to be making now Mm. 
And then lastly, setting up an accountability process. So they had a regular meeting with someone where they would turn in their updates or say where they were at with their progress or how they were doing. And those things together increase their chances of uh, succeeding up to like above 80% of actually Holy doing it. Jeez. Because they, they, they didn't just think about it, but they wrote it down somewhere that they could see it regularly. They told someone that they trusted that they were going to do those things. And they set up a process where they checked in regularly right. with, yeah, this is the thing I want to do. And this is what I'm going to be doing. And so they right. would check in progress. And so I encourage you guys to do that too. Um, that's something I want to be, I'm going to be doing in the next couple of, of weeks um, with my wife. We talked about getting our values and printing them out on a piece of paper and some statements with the, why those are important to us and the kind of person that we want to be because those are important to us. And then right. printing them out and putting them in our bedroom room, in our bedroom room, <laughs> in our bedroom wall. So it's somewhere we can see it. Right. And it's something that we talk about with each other, the kind of person that we want to be, the decisions we want to make, the changes that we want to make to who we are, because it's important to us. Mm -hmm. Right. Not just because I want to do something different, but because I want to I want my decisions to line up with who I feel I am at my most core being, you know, the things that are important to me. I want to make decisions that come from that place. And so write them down, put them somewhere that you can see regularly. Tell somebody that you, that's close to you, that you can trust, that you care about, that cares about you. And then have a, have a, some kind of discussion about it, you know, right. which telling them what you want to do and why you want to do it. Um, keep track of the times that you do make those decisions that line up with the kind of person you want to be and let somebody know, let them celebrate with you. If that's you're, good. if you're trying to change, let them celebrate with you the changes that you are making. Cause I think those things, um, the changes, we don't have to make those alone. We don't have to do that internally by ourselves. No. We can do that together. Right. Yeah, that, that changes everything. Actually having somebody, we talk a lot about having like an accountability partner, you know? I don't really like that phrase too much because most of the yeah, time it's just like, weird. just tell me your deepest, darkest sin. Tell me all the mistakes you and made then I'll, last week. And then I'll, yeah, exactly. But somebody to actually just uh, hold you to your values, you yeah. know, and call uh-huh. you higher and say, you know, hey, how's that, you know, book going that you wanted to write, mm-hmm. you know, or or how's that new business going that, that you said that you wanted to start or yeah. that, you know, or how are you spending time with your, your family and, and how is that affecting your heart recently? And what have you been doing? You know, and that, that kind of stuff, sometimes it can be a, you know, a knife straight in the heart. It's like, right. Oh, I, I did say that crap, you know, <laughs> that's not good, you know, but to actually have somebody that is willing to love you enough to speak into those things for you. You know, because we all have, we talked about a little bit today, blind spots. Mm -hmm. You know, we all have blind spots. We all have things that we want to, we make decisions to do. And then we go back on those decisions and, you know, we, we have ideas for ourselves or want to be a certain kind of person and then live outside of those values or there's dissonance or distance between where we're at and and where we want to be and stuff. And, and to have somebody in your life that is actually going to call you higher, call you into those things, not in a condemnation way, not in a guilt way, in a shaming way of why aren't you there yet? You said you were going to do this. I can't believe that. Are you even a person of your word? You know, get rid of those friends, (laughs) you know, (laughs) or at least, you know love on them from a distance you know <laughs> but but allowing somebody to to hold you in in um in your own values and in your own being and then if you are getting caught up in doing to call you back to who you are you know if you are just getting caught up in i'm just doing all this stuff and i'm, I'm getting you getting through this and i got this and this and this going on to to call you back to say hey but 
how is your actual, you know, what, what have you been doing? What internal work have you been doing? You've been doing a lot on the outside. It looks good, but how are you actually going, you know, yeah. how are you actually doing on the inside? And, and that changes things as well. So B proceeds doing. Being <laughs> proceeds doing. That's awesome. All right. I think that's it. That's it. That's it. That's all we got. That's all <laughs> Look we at got. That. <laughs> well, beautiful boggies. It's been a wonderful episode. Hmm, yeah. It's so good. I'm so excited for this new year of Your Brain on God. Me too. It's going to be incredible. Make sure that you follow us on Your Your Brain on God on Instagram. Uh, follow our YouTube. Uh, it's Your Brain on God. Everything's Your Brain Everything's on God. Everything's Your Brain on God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're on Spotify, iTunes. Subscribe, like, send us messages, send us food, gifts. You can leave us a little review. Leave us a review. Yeah, do it. You're awesome. Self-awareness is good. Yeah, self-awareness is good. Yeah. Say say that we suck if we do, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we, and if you think we're great, let us know. Let us know. We either, really, way. either way. It's either way. Either way. Either way is fine. Anyway, we love you guys. Have the most amazing week. And we'll catch you later on Your Brain On. God, God, God. God.